Hello everybody and welcome to this installment of Saga Media and we are today going to uh, talk about in our first installment of a, of a series in regards to the Appalachian Trail and the unsolved mysteries and some mysteries that have been solved um, in regards to the trail. Um, just in case anybody doesn't know what the Appalachian Trail is, uh, it's a hiking trail that actually spans from Georgia all the way up to Maine. And it's uh, got some beautiful scenic uh, routes. It's got a lot of different uh, mountains and, and, and campsites and whatnot. And it's one of the longest in, in the United States. And it's very uh, world-traveled. I believe there's millions of people that uh, come to the Appalachian Trail um, per year. I believe it's up to 20 million uh, to be exact. And we wanted to kind of spotlight. It's something that uh, as an avid hiker and biker, first things the... I, I do um, actually advocate for hiking and biking. I've been out in many of these trails um, on the East Coast, up and down through Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, uh, areas like that. I do feel that they're, they're, they are safe, but um, this is a spotlight, not just because we want to tell a story and, and it is October time and Halloween time, but we, we wanted to kind of tell this story in regard to to bring light on these unsolved um, unsolved mysteries because... Uh, we believe that the families should should get closure, and if there's anything that we can do on our part, we would like to to try to tell the story, and then we do have plans for follow ups uh, in regards to our podcast and whatnot, and we are going to potentially do you know, our own version of investigative reporting and see if there's any new leads, um, breakthroughs, and any information that could possibly lead to you know solving these 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 heinous crimes because I believe that a few of these just give the Appalachian Trail, a bad name, and I don't think that this is anything you should be afraid of because, again, up to 20 million people per year actually uh, uh, visit and or uh, hike through. Um, so it's a great, it's just a great trail, and, and there's so many amazing views and, and amazing experiences. So, again, just uh, the Appalachian Trail starts in Georgia and goes all the way up to Maine. Um, Generally, if you hike through, which means you're going to hike all the way through, most hikers, it takes about six months. And um, I, I know of many that have done it. I've actually been on the trail briefly, um, but it is one of my bucket lists is to try to hike through or a majority of, whereas to my, my time on it was very short and brief. But as I've stated, I'm an avid hiker and biker um, on trails, rail trails, uh, hike in the woods, mountains. And I've been in areas where I'm the only one probably for miles. And I have never had any encounters with any bad people that are, you know, may do these heinous crimes and or any experiences. I've actually had every single one of mine has been good experiences. So with that said, uh, we want to get into the, the, the first installment of Mysteries of the Appalachian Trail. Um, and in regard to our, our first um, segment, we wanted to talk about a specific case from 2011 um, with a gentleman named Scott Lilly. Uh, Scott Lilly actually was um, an avid from, from I, I did a lot of research here and I went through and, and tried to research as much about each victim and the story and whatnot. Not all of them have a lot of uh, info out there with the exception of what happened in the case, um, but a lot of it, since they are cold, uh, cold cases and the files, you know, pretty much are sealed and either with, have done on uh, federal lands, which are FBI and or local authorities to the to the areas that that these disappearances and or 
ended up being murder cases um, that are still unsolved have been, you know, um, sealed and not all the information is out there. So in regards to the first one, we're, we're going to um, talk about the, the, the disappearance and death of Scott Lilly. So from my research, um, a lot of it was this gentleman in 2011 decided to go on a, uh, a, a, a long hike through with the Appalachian Trail. It is believed that he was going to do the entire thing uh, and or a large portion of. Uh, there are some articles and, and news reports from, from his sister uh, where she spoke out, you know, about a year or two after. And she had talked about uh, her brother, Scott, where, you know, this he was really excited about this. And, and, and he went out on his own and he went and bought a bunch of camping and hiking gear and whatnot. And he was kind of packing the food and doing the stops and and really planning out the trail. But the main thing was Scott was a big Civil War buff um, from what, you know, the, the reports say and, and, and from what the history is. Um, I, too, love the Civil War and um, love the history of it and, and, and to learn about it and everything that transpired between that time. So I can, I can see his appreciation for specifically wanting to get off trail and then going and seeing battlefield sites. I mean, it's history and those are, those are great things to see and great experiences. And um, he was essentially living out his dream, traveling the Appalachian Trail and then visiting these Civil War battlefields uh, where um, his sister um, uh, described about her brother. Um, in regards to his trip, uh, it looked as though he had taken, uh, you know, he had taken his trip out on about June 15th, 2011. Scott Lilly was 30 years old and he was from South Bend, Indiana. And when he embarked on the Appalachian Trail, um, he was pretty much on a path of self-discovery and, and, and his sister believed that the last few weeks of his life were really paying off. So maybe it looked as though he was trying to go out and not only see civil war battlefields and also explore on these, um, trails. He, he was, he was really trying to, maybe it was a soul searching or, or finding himself. I mean, sometimes when you're out in, in the wilderness as I've experienced and I know a lot of my friends and people I go out and do the same experience, hiking and biking and whatnot, um, it's so peaceful. And, and sometimes to get away from your the daily grind and the city life or suburb life, it, it's really nice to be able to get away and, and be one with nature. And it's, it's relaxing, it's soothing for the mind, soothing for the soul. And maybe that's what Mr. Lilly was trying to accomplish on top of being able to see his, you know, his, the, these Civil War battlefields and also just push himself to the limit. I mean, the Appalachian Trail, if you're going to actually do it and accomplish it within six months or less, I mean, it's it's pretty taxing. And so um, that's that's pretty much getting up and hiking almost every day. I mean, I followed um, a couple uh, YouTubers that have, have, have done it um, where they go through and, and they document their time. And some of them have to make stops off and they don't go all the way through because, I mean, you got to think it's, it's pretty much like a very long marathon. And uh, you're doing it for, for months on end. I mean, you're traveling, I believe, over 2,000 miles and um, going pretty much up the East Coast. So, you know, Scott Lilly was really excited. Uh, he, he wanted to be, you know, get out, do it on his own. Um, and so he had been hiking and, and starting the sightsee throughout July of 2011. Um, and once the... the the story kind of reads about Mr. Lilly is as he was hiking, um, the last known, you know, the last known um, correspondence 
from him was was around I believe it was July 30th or 31st of 2011. So um, he had started uh, his his whole um, site I believe in, in in Maryland started kind of going downward and you know he 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 disappeared or at least his whatever the situation where it happened was he he had um, he had kind of stopped any contact at the end of July. Um, on Friday, August 12th, 2011, uh, a group of hikers came across a dead body, uh, you know, and apparently murdered and lying in a shallow grave along a side trail, uh, to the Cow Camp Gap Shelter in George Washington Jefferson National Forest. Um, it, the area is actually in the Mount Pleasant Special Management Area, but the, the body was identified, uh, as the Appalachian Trail hiker, Scott Lilly, and, um, unfortunately, so... It seems as though they believe Scott was likely dead for about 12 days, uh, unfortunately. Um, any and all investigations, you know, they've, they've failed to identify any killer. But, you know, um, once these hikers stumbled upon this, you know, obviously the, the, the local authorities were, were called. And I believe the FBI also was. Um, the Mount Pleasant Special Management Area is located in Amherst County, Virginia. And it's north of Route US-60. U.S. US Route 60 and east of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, The area where the body was found, Cow Camp Gap, is several miles from the Wiggins Spring Road. Um, And Cow Camp Gap is actually a pretty traveled area and visited. You know, it's not like it's in the middle of nowhere or it's in some very remote area. Um, So anybody who might be out in the the, the wilderness where it's it's uninhabited that this isn't just it i mean it's it's really uh you know uh, a trail loop in the mount uh, pleasant national scenic area and it's about seven and a half miles long i mean the trail follows the the appalachian trail uh through the ball through the bald on coal mountain where descending to cow camp gap in the cow camp gap shelter so there's a lot of shelters there there's people that actually frequent this so it, it's 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 bizarre that that this gentleman and whatever happened to him uh, unfortunately got unnoticed by others. Um, it seems as though I don't know if this was at night when he was sleeping, um, but you know it, it was just an unfortunate um, uh, event that actually took place. So you know, a couple of the things that after the body was found and whatnot. Um, Unfortunately, Mr. Mr. Lilly, you know, was found by these, these other camp, you know, hikers. And, and, and I don't know what you would think, but I couldn't imagine as a avid hiker stumbling upon a, a, a body. It's, it's just something that, you know, I have thought about. It's been in the back of my mind. I hope it never, ever happens to me or any of my friends or anybody out there that's listening, you know, when you're hiking and whatnot, that would be kind of a unfortunate situation to stumble upon and, and, and disturbing to, to, to some, but Unfortunately, these campers did, and that's many of the times it does. And if anybody's out looking for somebody, which I don't believe it was, this was the case, because they just assumed that he had been hiking, and you know they would hear from him, you know, in a couple weeks um, after his last correspondence on July thirty first. Um, but it seems as though once once he was located, you know, obviously the the authorities, and and I believe this is on federal grounds, hence why the FBI got got involved. A lot of these are are federal. Um, forests and, and campsites and whatnot but um it looks as though you know once it happened he did have some 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 items missing um you know and then when that autopsy they they'd further you know they did an autopsy in january 2012 the office of the chief medical examiner would release the cause of death and it was you know 
asphyxiation by suffocation, meaning he was strangled. And so that, that, that you know, it was a death was ruled a homicide. Um, a few other things, you know, Lily's blue or purple backpack, his new trail shoes, which were um, Ozark Trail brand, which is a Walmart brand. Um, I've had Ozark Trail um, tents, which to me have always worked out good. Uh, we bought a few a number of years ago. It's not particularly what I use now, but I have slept in an Ozark Trail, and they're not a bad brand. I don't know about the trail shoes, but it looks as though there were certain items missing. So whether it would be a robbery, I don't know why somebody would kill somebody to rob them for a used pair of Ozark Trail brand shoes. It looked as though he might have had like a Nintendo Game Boy of some sort or DS, uh, one of the smaller units, um, because a Nintendo game was missing and his Appalachian Trail handbook. You know, they were taken by whomever killed him. So you know, although it was never stated by investigators whether they believe that robbery was the motive for the attack, I don't know if that was really the case, but maybe this person just needed a pair of shoes. I mean, we don't know who's living out in these these, these areas, and some people might be, you know, mountain people who don't have homes and do live, you know, in the brush, off-grid, and uh, this particular person might have had some mental illness but saw an opportunity to steal a couple items. Um, furthermore, you know, the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Virginia, Tim J. Hep, the, Hep, he, said it was <clears throat> unlikely the death was connected to several unsolved deaths that were currently in the George Washington National Forest that had been unsolved. I mean, he had stated that the level of cooperation in this case is remarkable and stressed that his office is placing a high priority on this open case as well as unsolved murders along the Blue Ridge Parkway and the 96 killings of two women hikers Williams and Winnus, who we will spotlight in another episode in Shenandoah National Park. But at the time, he had seen no connection between them. I mean, you got to think, you know, 1996, there's a couple other cases that had happened um, since then and between then, you know, that's a long time. I mean, is the same killer out there 15 years later? I mean, if you followed any type of uh, serial killers, I mean, some of them last for 15 years before they get caught, 20 years, 30 years. So that could very well be the case, but. From their knowledge and their investigation, it looks as though they believe that there is no connection and this might have been isolated, but there's no proof of that. Um, again, because the crime had been committed, it was committed on federal land, the Federal Bureau of Investigation assumed control of the investigation. Uh, there was an FBI special agent, Steve Duenas, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, was the lead investigator. Uh, even in 2012, the FBI offered a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of Scott's killer. Um, there was a combined, you know, investigation team. They bring in National Park Service, you know, Appalachian Trail Rangers, U.S. Forest Service, law enforcement officers. Some of those folks are the really good. They, they know the areas. They know who's there. They might know who's there, who's lurking. That might not be good people. So those are the ones that really can provide very, you know, high-level value to, to try to find what happened here. Uh, unfortunately, since then, nothing has come through. And so it looked as though, you know, there was a few theories that he had been attacked by hill people. Uh, but the, again, as stated earlier, that the Camp Cow Gap is not, it, it's not isolated and it is highly recreational area. I mean, that's an area I'm kind of familiar with. There are a lot of people that visit, there's sightseers, there's Boy Scout groups. So it's an area where there is a lot. So it, it, it was kind of a you know, rules out where he was in a very isolated area. I just believe he, he might have been off the beaten path enough that 
somebody or somebody's whoever a group of people might have uh, might have wanted to do some harm to him or stumbled upon him to do some harm and we don't also know what happened in between July 31st and, and when he was found in, on August 12th they believed he was dead for 12 days so that meant that most likely he was his last correspondence on July 31st that in August 1st that that might have been the day now did he have a run-in with somebody throughout the trail earlier did was there a dispute I mean there's there's so many possibilities that could have happened, um, and they might have just been mad. I just, for me personally, it seems hard to believe that somebody would actually go out and kill somebody for a Nintendo, some Ozark Trail shoes, and an Appalachian Trail um, guidebook. Now, that's all that was released. Was he robbed of any money, anything like that? That was never disclosed, and from what I can do and research and what I look up, that's not the case. So, you know, it really comes down to here we are, um, what, 12 years later, and I try to do a lot of research and there really hasn't been any, um, any new leads and what, and whatnot out there. So, which that's very unfortunate, um, in regards to other cases that they try to maybe look at and see outside of the ones that were mentioned before, you know, uh, there were some other, you know, again, there was at mountain people, uh, you know. But again, the mountain people that they claim that could have been, I mean, the only time you'll see them re- remote areas or is accessible by ATV, which Camp Cal Gap isn't, you know, and, um, you know, there was another, there, there was another uh, case on, on May 20, 27th, 2019, where a 30 year old male, Chad Austin also vanished near Panther Falls. We'll spotlight his vanishing on another episode. Um, it was just east of the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, where like he had a dog with him. His dog was found in his car, locked nearby. Um, but again, his wallet was mysteriously found months later near where he vanished. Sometimes these cases do that, where they'll try to place evidence somewhere later after they robbed him. Um, but he disappeared just a couple miles where Scott Lilly's body, body was found. But then again, you're looking at a difference of, what, eight years here. Um, so how can you try to correlate them? I mean, unless it's a longtime serial killer who's been around since the mid-90s from, from these areas and is still out there uh, on the loose. Um, is, that a, is that a possibility? Absolutely is. But I look at it as the case that I believe these are isolated incidents, incidents uh, where... Uh, again, wallets were taken where there wasn't any reporting of any wallet was taken, but they are smaller theft. I mean, how much, how much cash is somebody going to carry when they're hiking during on a trail? Um, generally speaking, you would be using credit cards. Even if you do get off the, uh, the, the Appalachian trail, you still get into small towns. You want to go to like get dinner somewhere, maybe even stay instead of staying in a campsite. Uh, you're going to go off to, you know, Airbnbs or bed and breakfast, that's that's another thing if, if they're within walking distance. So those were some similarities where they they, they try to maybe see if is there a match here. Um, you know, and I know in that case with, with Chad Austin in March of 2020, authorities researched the area around Panther Falls. And, um, you know, they, there, there was really nothing found that they, they could see a, a correlation here. So... Um, you know, and with that said, I mean, this, this case still remains cold. Um, we're going to be doing a couple, couple of these on our podcast and our, uh, and our audio podcasts, which you can find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, we're on Instagram. We are going to be on Twitter and whatnot as well. Um, to really spotlight these, we're going to be in studio doing a podcast, specifically speaking separately from this on all of these cases and where they are 
And in that video, we're going to kind of spotlight maps and, and things. And we are going to follow up with investigative reports moving forward on all of these. But um, as of right now, we want to just kind of go over the story, give the background, give the details that, that's that's out there for public knowledge, and then also do some follow-up and, and, and get into some investigative reporting. But um, that is our first installment of Mysteries and Unsolved Murders of the Appalachian Trail. And our episode one was on Scott Lilly, um, who, again, this is an unsolved case from August of 2011. And we will be getting more information and we'll give updates. And also on our when we do our podcast, we're going to add some links uh, to where you can find information, links to who you can call if there are anybody out there that might have new leads, information. And hopefully one day here in the new future, in the near future, this family, along with the others, can find closure and um for their loved ones and, and, and the people that did these cases can be brought to justice. Again, this is Jeremy Bruce from Saga Media. I appreciate you uh, listening and uh, more to come. Thank you and have a great day.